Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's a little biased this week. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who always leans slightly optimistic on Nebraska. I sure do. That'd be me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who tries to reverse jinx Nebraska. That is very true. Trey Newman. It hasn't worked out for us, Trey. Really hasn't. No. Yeah, you gotta stop doing that, Trey. Maybe. On today's episode, we're gonna discuss maybe the most balanced division in all of college football, the Big Ten West. I think there's six teams that legitimately feel they have a chance to win it. But before we get into that, wanna remind everyone to continue spreading the word about the show. Share it on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter when we post the episode. Anything you can do to tell your friends and family that we are an awesome podcast. You got That's it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Big Ten West time. Uh let's start with fact or fiction, Trey. Yeah. Fact or fiction. Rondale Moore will lead the conference in receiving. I think that's a fact. He's the the leading returning receiver in the conference, had 1,258 yards last year. And of course, he was only a true freshman. So I I don't see why he couldn't one-up that. I think if there's competition for him, I think it comes from Tyler Johnson at Minnesota. He had 1,169 yards last year. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Um, And I think that offense will get even better. But I I don't think he's – he's no Rondell Moore. Let's say that. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's a fact. also because Tyler Johnson has some other guys to kind of share the load with. I mean, Rashad, Rashad Bateman's a really good receiver as well. True. So it's not just like one. Rondell Moore is like the clear guy there for Purdue. If there, there's, there could be another dark horse. Uh, Nebraska's J.D. Spielman. Uh, he could probably go for over a thousand. He, he, and he's, he's also like a, the clear go-to guy for, for the Huskers. So he could have a big year. So, uh, But I do think it's fact. I'm just going to say fiction. Um, I just don't think Elijah Sindelar is quite as good at quarterback as David Blau was. And True. now now this year, there's there's going to be more of a target on Rondell Moore. Um, so I'm just thinking guys like you guys mentioned, Spielman, Johnson, maybe a guy like KJ Hill at Ohio State could, could dethrone him. Okay, next one. Fact or fiction, Iowa defensive end AJ Epinesa will lead the nation in sacks this year. Uh, I'm going to say that's fiction. Uh, I mean, it's certainly possible that he could do it. He's he's a very, very good player, but it's just hard to predict that one guy in the entire country is going to, is going to lead the nation like that. So someone's got to do it, Ryan. Someone's got to do it. I know somebody's got to do it. And I'm going to give my guess as to who I think it's going to be another big 10 guy. Uh, I'd take Chase Young from Ohio State. I think he's going to have a huge year this year. Yeah, I really, I like the Chase Young pick. I think he, uh, he could he could definitely do it. So that's why I'm also going to go fiction. Another guy you could look at is Curtis Weaver at Boise State. We didn't bring him up enough uh, a few episodes back. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, but the one thing about Epinesa is last year he had Anthony Nelson to kind of offset his presence. Uh, Anthony Nelson had nine and a half sex himself. So now they're going to be really really focused on Epinesa. So yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. But the the presence of Anthony Nelson and Parker Parker Hess last year also hurt Epinesa because you know he was behind them he was on uh, you know on the bench for True. for a lot of snaps so I think he's going to get more snaps this year well he definitely will get more snaps you'd think and so that's why I'm going fact 
But I have kind of a, a crazy stat here. So Epinesa was tied for eighth last year in the nation in sacks with uh, with three other guys. And all four of those guys are back this year, but none of the top seven are. Oh, weird. Just yeah. Kinda, yeah, just kind of a weird demarcation there. But but the guys he's tied with, Tipa Nalii, which from Utah State, we brought him up uh, on the, the Group of Five episode, and then Chase Young, your guy's pick, and Patrick Johnson at Tulane. But But like I said, I just think Epinesa has the most room to grow because of uh, – the the increased snaps could be this one of the Syracuse guys defensive ends yeah Alton Robinson uh, Alton Robinson uh, Kendall Coleman they they both had ten sacks but yeah you know they they both can't get sacks on a play it's true know, maybe half they sack, can get a half sack together true they can keep doing that but they're gonna split it they're gonna yeah. split <laughs> like split votes they're splitting sacks yep uh, okay Ryan what's what's yours factor fiction the Big Ten West will have a winning record against the East. I'm going to say fiction. I, I do think the West is better like top to bottom in, in total, but the East is just so stacked at the top that I, I don't see the West beating the Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, or Michigan State uh, enough to, to do that. Yeah, this one, when you first hear the question, it sounds like almost ridiculous. Like, of course, the Big Ten East is going to have a better record with, you know, that dominant top four. But so the the big reason it's it's possible here though is that this is one of those years where the Big Ten East plays two road games uh, against the Big Ten West and one home game. All all the teams do that, so the the West has has the advantage there. I actually went through every game here and just assigned wins and losses. I got down to the very last game, and it was ten and a half wins for the Big Ten East, nine and a half for the Big Ten West. I I kind of split half games if I if I couldn't decide. And it was down to Michigan State at Wisconsin. I'll let you guys decide. Do I give Wisconsin a full win and make it a tie? Or or do I split half wins with, with Michigan State and Wisconsin? Boy, I don't know. It's your choice, Mike. Have some have some courage. All right, fine. I just I just thought I'd make it a group effort, but I'll I'll make the choice. Half wins. I like Michigan State. So Ooh, yeah. Big Ten East wins. Okay. Well, if you look at the what happened last year, one game decided it. If the game was flopped, they would have been tied. So it was like neck and neck last year, surprisingly. And I think the Big Ten West overall is more on the upswing than than the East. I think Ohio State is taking a step back. I think Rutgers is staying the same. Um, I think Penn State's going to take a step back. But then you mentioned the, how the Big Ten West is so open this year. There's a lot. Of, there's like six teams that I think might be slightly better. So I think the Big Ten West is going to do it. I think they're going to have the better record. Okay, we got. Uh, I got one bonus question for you guys. So when you list the conferences in alphabetical order, the Big Ten comes before the Big Twelve. Is that fact or fiction? That is. Uh, that's fact. Oh, you're saying fact, Trey? What are you saying? Well, I'm gonna say false because the doesn't twelve. They use the number. Exactly. Yep, you nailed it, Trey. It's it is it's counterintuitive, but yeah, that's the way you do it. Well, but what do you mean? Like the when the, so the Big Twelve the way they write it is B I G space the the number one and the number two but the Big Ten they go B I G space T E N so oh. numbers for whatever reason you know when you're listing alphabetically you just put number alphanumerically I guess come before letters oh okay gotcha son of a gun so that's the hard hitting football analysis I'm sure yeah that people appreciate people tuned in for yeah yeah uh, okay so let's now. Get into the tiered rankings, and we will start with the contenders. Ryan, go off, Queen. 
Okay, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Our first contender is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They're, oh, uh, win- boy. Oh, boy. Number one. Here we go. Uh, let's see here. Their win total set at eight and a half with the over being favored at a uh, minus 120. We all, we all know about Adrian Martinez. Uh, he's, he's pretty, pretty awesome. He's going to be sophomore this year. Should fourth, I think he's rated fourth right now in some of the Heisman odds. So he's, uh, people think very, very highly of him as they should. But I want to talk about the defense. So defense is filled with upperclassmen. Every starter is going to be a, a junior or senior. They obviously weren't very good last year. They're 55th in S&P Plus, which is actually better than I thought it was when I looked at the numbers. Like, hmm, I thought like we were worse than that. But uh, yeah. sh- should improve uh, second year of the system. Biggest issue for this defense last year, they didn't have a nose tackle. And in a 3-4, I mean, that's pretty vital. So they, they struggled to stop the run. Uh, shouldn't be the case this year. They got a huge addition from the Oklahoma State transfer, Darian Daniels. He is a big boy. He's 6'3", 320. So that's your true nose. Uh, and his little brother, Damian, he's 330 and he's, uh, he'll be a sophomore this year. So he's, he's ready to have a bigger role. They got another set of brothers on that D line, the, the Davis twins. Uh, they're going to benefit greatly from having those, those nails tackles. They won't have to be forced to play inside. So that's the most improved position group on this team is that, that D line group linebacker. You got Mo Berry back, the leader of the team, Jojo Domans, pretty versatile player there. So he showed some, some flashes last year. In the secondary, they got two really good corners, DiCaprio Boodle and Lamar Jackson. Um, so that's that, that group should be better as well. I think the defense is going to be a big take that big jump forward. I mean, they're not going to be a top 25 amazing defense, but they are going to be definitely better than last year. And the offense will still be really good. So I, in the whole offseason, I was like somewhat going to go under on Nebraska here. But uh, the closer we get to the season, the more uh, maybe unrealistic I'm going to get. You know... Bill Connolly had a great tweet about that. He said, there's something about the, you know, those months from December to July or whatever that every fan adds about like two wins or something to their expectation. Because yeah, yeah. at the end of the season, you're like, like Nebraska, we went four and eight. You're like, hey, you know, we go seven and five, maybe eight and four next year. That'd be great. But then we get closer to the season, closer to the season. And here you are. You're like, we're going nine and three. Well, okay. So the line is set at eight and a half and the overs favored. I'm I'm saying nine and three. It's not like I'm saying I'm not going ten and two or eleven and one. That's true. I mean, you're not totally unreasonable. No, nine and three is that's totally reasonable. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm as big of a fan of Nebraska as there is, but I'm I'm also very rational, and I just feel like if I was a unbiased fan, I just would think that the hype is too much right now. I, I mean, there will be a year two jump, and I'm I'm really excited to see it unfold. But if you looked. If you watched Nebraska last year, you could see the reason for their lack of success particularly was because of the offensive and defensive lines. And I'm just not seeing vast improvement there. I, the nose tackle on defense, Darian Daniels should help. But, but like, like on defense. But like what, Darian Daniels, like there's a lot of hype about him, but was yeah. he even really that good at Oklahoma State? Like he wasn't. When he was healthy, he was solid. But right. Yeah, but he wasn't like amazing. Yeah. No, that's my point. And I'm saying that they, like the defense last year gave up 430 yards and over 31 points a game. So, I mean, okay, they improve a little bit. They're down to 400 yards and 28 points. I mean, I'm just not seeing, there is some youth developing and, and some more strength and conditioning, but I'm just not seeing a dramatic, dramatic improvement on on either line, really. Um, Ryan, you you didn't really touch on the offense, but 
they've got the skill position players. Like they are set there. JD Spielman at receiver. They got the Cal transfer Noah at receiver as well. Diedrich Mills out of the Juco, formerly of Georgia Tech, uh, a running back. And then Maurice Washington is really good at, at running back. And then we, we've all heard about Wandale Robinson, the heralded true freshman that he's probably going to be used like similar to Rondale Moore at Purdue. Um, so I'm really excited to see what, what unfolds with the, the skill talent on, on offense. But uh, bottom line, I, I have tempered expectations compared to most out there. I, I like their schedule, but they're still, they went four and eight last year. I'm going to go a little contrarian and say they just go under at eight and four. Yeah. Um, I First, I'll just say that kind of set the stage for why this win total is so high you know for a team that was four and eight last year if you if you don't follow nebraska that closely right i actually don't think it's it's that unreasonable i'll get to why i think it's a little bit high but but so yes they were four and eight last year but they were one and five in games decided by one score so there was there was some luck some bad luck there for sure they really i've said this before they were probably more like a six and six team and even if you just look at the the second half of the season they were even better they were four and two with their only losses close losses at ohio state and against iowa so you know they by the end of the season they were a pretty decent team and yeah trey you mentioned the the year two bump you'd expect with with scott frost so i think they are a reasonable favorite in the big 10 west though of course it's a very very slight favorite because iowa wisconsin minnesota we'll get to all these teams but who knows who knows who's the best out of all of them wait did you say who who's their head coach oh i'm sorry his name is scott frost oh yes now i remember <laughs> oh now are you gonna go over yeah you know i'm We're I'm, going to the playoff I'm feeling a little better. Yeah. Did you just say playoffs, Trey? Because that no, would I did not. I said no. He said playoff. playoff. Okay. All right. I'm just ready to I'm, pounce on that. I'm on alert. Okay. We're getting close to the season. I'm on alert. Yeah. Uh. Okay. But I'm going under here for a few reasons. One, I don't think the defense is going to be that good. The safeties are a concern. I think the front seven is mediocre. You brought up a bunch of names, Ryan, but I don't know. Like none of them are really proven, and they lose their leading sack getter luke gifford i know he wasn't amazing but yeah that's a that's a loss uh number two this team is very dependent on adrian martinez and he has an injury history so only when a colorado guy intentionally twists his leg okay okay fanboy ryan <laughs> i mean it was pretty has to get that pretty in there. clear but but the point still stands and then number three I think eight and a half is just too high. Like I'm, I'm, I'm high on this team. I feel like thinking they're going to go eight and four is being kind of high on the team. Right. Not high, not like taking drugs high. That that's what Ryan does with his coke. But yeah, that's a different story. Now, when you got Ohio State on the schedule and a very competitive division, five other teams in the division that on any given Saturday could beat the Huskers, I'm going under. So, do you think they're going to have a, a losing record? Or should I ask, I'll ask this, in non-conference, how do you think they're going to do? They got, their only tough games really at Colorado, and that's not really... No, I, I think they go unbeaten in the non-conference. If we're speaking in percentages, you know, like, right, I wouldn't right. just, I would assign fractional wins there. Like, even Northern Illinois, you never know. Yeah, fair enough. At Colorado, it's not like they're going to be a, a massive favorite. Right, right. All right. Okay, but let's say I would have said, yes, they're going to go undefeated in the non-conference. I'll let you keep going. You see four other losses there? Well, that's the thing is I could talk myself into 
six losses or, or you know two losses because there's so many close point spread games but i i could say that about the whole big 10 west really so. exactly exactly i think nebraska is deserves to be a favorite but but yeah i'm just going with tempered expectations and really i think the only reason i think they deserve to be a favorite is the schedule they only have to play one of the big four from the east because that's the thing the crossover here is so important because you got four really good teams in the east and three bad teams so it kind of all comes down to to who you draw well indiana calling them bad is harsh but you get the idea so yeah so yeah nebraska only has to play one of the big four whereas iowa has to play two and wisconsin has to play three so that's that's a huge difference in in schedule yep oh also uh nebraska gets iowa and wisconsin at home so yep yeah all right let's move on huh okay (laughs) that's enough nebraska i guess that's enough nebraska yeah that's all right. We had to we had to do it. We had okay. to do it. So we've got next their new rival, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Their over under is set at seven and a half, with the over being favored at minus one thirty five. So I really thought Nathan Stanley was a senior last year. We we talked about that earlier. He's he's <laughs> been around just so long. I I like him, but he's really gonna miss his two tight ends. Noah Fant and Hawkinson, who were both drafted in the top 20 of this year's draft, which I still think is one of the craziest things ever to have two tight ends from the same school be drafted that high. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, Stanley still has capable receivers, Amir Smith-Marset, Brandon Smith, but they like to use those tight ends and they're going to have to rely on some major inexperience there. Um, they do return a core at running back and the offensive line. So that, that should help out. We've, we've touched on AJ Epinesa. He's a stud for that defense. Um, they've also got Chauncey Golston on the other side. He's no slouch either. So I think the line is going to be a force. Uh, so that defense should be pretty solid. I, I like Iowa this year. Their really tough road schedule is going to prevent them from a magical season, but I think they're good enough to, to go over. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like Iowa. I might I might say they're the best team in the division. Of course, it's close amongst everyone, but they might be my pick to be the best team. Now, the schedule is a different story, but I think we'll get to that later. Um, the offense should be kind of solid. Iowa offense, you know, fine, like it always is. Not great. Um, offensive line is good. I like the tackles. Alaric Jackson and Tristan Worfs. Of course, Nathan Stanley is, or Nate, I don't know. It's casual yeah. either way. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he's okay. He's he's pretty good. So and then the defense, I I think it's easily the best defense in the division. Um the secondary, yes, they lose Amani Hooker, but I still think it it should be really good. Geno Stone at safety, Matt Hankins at corner. A lot of experience back there. I, I just think this is an eight and four team. So I like the over. Okay. Um I'm gonna be a little devil's advocate here. I'm gonna say that 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 they go under. I'm more worried about the offense than you guys are. Those two tight ends, they lost Nick Easley. He was a good slot receiver for him, picked up a lot of first downs. He led the team in receptions last year. It's not easy to replace. So that's three key guys that Stanley's not going to be able to throw to. Plus, you talk about their offensive line. Yeah, it's solid, but I mean, they're not that great. They finished 95th in the nation in rushing last year. No, that's a good point. Yeah, you think that Iowa runs the ball well, but they They really don't. They were pretty bad. And their running backs, Mekhi Sarge, I mean, they're not great they're just average i mean they're, they're just okay none of them are game breakers so you're right the skill talent is a major major question mark yeah and nathan stanley is 
he's he's solid. He's just I don't think he's a a game breaker either at that, po- that position. He doesn't have he's not mobile, so he, I don't know. It's a meh. It's a meh offense. We could have just summed it up in one word. Yeah, it's a very meh offense. More meh than last year. So the defense is it is definitely very good. The defensive line is is, is very good. The problem is you guys just mentioned their four starters. Well, really, they're two defensive ends. That's that's really it on their D line. Golson and Epines are great, but outside of them, their D tackles they won't be nearly as good as their defensive ends. They don't don't have much experience up front. They'll be they'll be seniors, but they haven't really played. And then they have no depth. They have zero depth. They're they got they're going to be relying on a D two a D two transfer. Zach Van Valkenburg. He's going to be like their fifth lineman. So they're going to be. I think they're going to wear down a little bit. And if one of those guys gets hurt, then they're really in trouble. So I am more worried about them than probably you guys are. So I'm going to say things don't go perfectly well for them and they're going to go under and finish seven and five. Okay. Well, before we move on from Iowa, we have to uh, bring in an expert, really. I think our opinion on this team doesn't matter. It kind of pales in comparison to longtime friend of the show, ESPN's Beth Moens. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. The legend. Yeah. So she wanted to give her thoughts on, on Iowa this year. So let's let's give that a listen. Hey, bros. Beth Mullins here. Great job this offseason on the podcast. My pick to win the Big Ten West is Iowa. It all comes down to quarterback, and there's no one better in college football than Nathan Stanley, the senior <laughs> leader for the Hawkeyes. Watch out for him, the defensive lineman, A.J. Epinosa, and me every Saturday, bright and early on ESPN2. See you, bros. (laughs) (laughs) I love Beth. His name's Nate, too, so. No, it's... Who's Nate? Beth. I'm sorry, Beth. Sorry, Beth. Oh, you're talking about our cousin Nate? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do kind of sound alike now that you say that, but... Hmm. Huh. Huh. Never thought about that. All right. uh, Time for Wisconsin, our next contender in the Big Ten West. Their win total is eight. The over's a minus 150 favorite. And the Alex Hornibrook era is over. I, I guess, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's probably mixed feelings there. It's going to be either Jack Cohen or Graham Mertz, the four-star true freshman. I don't feel great about either of those guys. Um, you know, Mertz in the future, yes, but he's he's a, a true freshman. So that's a fact, Ryan. I, I don't know if you're going to try to refute that, but... He is a true freshman. Okay, good. We agree there. Yep. Um. You know, and even though the offensive line is is still going to be good, it's always good. They got Tyler Biotish back. They got Cole Van Lannen should be probably a breakout player at left tackle. But four starters are gone, including three guys that were All-Americans in their career at Wisconsin. So it's got to take a step back. Jonathan Taylor, I don't think, is going to quite match the production of last season. And then even though the defense should have some better injury luck this year, I don't see any playmakers on that front seven. No, I, I just I just don't think it's great. Maybe Zach Bond at linebacker, but I just kind of think this defense is trending in the wrong direction. Defensively, they kind of remind me of Stanford, where they they were always great, and you think of them as as hard nosed and really good. And and you know they haven't dropped to the level that Stanford has dropped. Like they weren't that bad last year. I think they were twenty ninth or something in S and P plus, which yeah, in the scheme of things is still st- solid. Yeah, still solid. But I just I think it's going in the wrong direction. So I'll take the plus one thirty under. Yeah, Michael, uh, I'm in agreement with you here. I'm not as high, that high on the Badgers. Um, obviously, with the the injuries had a huge role last year in their defense, but they were 50th in yards per play. So that's a stat I like to 
to get to. That's not that great. Um, and I'm not encouraged by what they have coming back. They lose TJ Edwards and Ryan Connolly, two really good linebackers, then their best pass rusher and Andrew Van Ginkle, their nose tackle, all of Saga, Sagapolu. He did a backflip on a beach, if you guys saw that. Oh, that was him. Okay. That yeah. was him. Yep. And then their safety, Dakota Dixon. So that's, there's a lot of key pieces they're missing. Yeah. And I'm very worried about their defensive line. Their starting nose tackle is going to be Bryson Williams. And he's, he's an undersized sophomore. He's actually from Lincoln. Uh, Nebraska didn't even really recruit him, but he's undersized. Their defensive end, Garrett Rand, he missed all last year with injury and Achilles injury. He's kind of, he's not really a game changer. And then on the other side, they got Isaiah Loudermilk. He has just 25 career tackles in, in two years. So, I am not seeing, like Michael already mentioned it, it, there's just no playmakers like they've had in the past up front. And that's what's made them so good, causing havoc uh, in in the backfield. So I'm going to lead under here also on the Badgers. Wow, you guys are really uh, making compelling arguments and trying to get me to switch my vote. I'm going to go over on Wisconsin. I, I know they have those major, major losses up front in the offensive line, but I'm going to trust the the Wisconsin big men pipeline and still think that they'll run the ball well maybe not to the level that they were but enough and and for the quarterback play I think they're going to treat the situation like Clemson did last year where they'll kind of lean on Cohen early and then they'll work in Mertz as the season goes along that's just kind of the way I'm I'm seeing it right now yeah I think that makes sense but but again jury's still out on on how good Mertz can be uh this year so but they, it, the quarterback play doesn't really matter, as we know, with Wisconsin. So I think Taylor will still get his yards and, and do just enough on offense. Uh, but yeah, you guys touched on the defense. There's a lot to maybe be concerned about. But uh, I just I have a hard time seeing them losing five games. So I'm going to take the over. But really, I think they'll push. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Okay, so we're moving on to our uh, our dark horses now. Our first dark horse is the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Their win total is being set at seven and a half with the over being favored at minus 130. Things really couldn't set up a whole lot better for Minnesota this year. Tenth in the country and returning production with the majority of that being on offense. And it was an offense that kind of had it ups, ups and downs last year, but they did seem to get a little better when Tanner Morgan came in at quarterback and replaced Zach, Zach Anikstead. Although it's not clear who's going to start for them this year. It may seem like Anikstead's actually got the leg up, but they're both going to have their chances. So I'm not, not too worried about that. Uh, luckily for them, though, they're throwing to a really good group of receivers. They got Tyler Johnson. We already mentioned he's great. Rashad Bateman, good number two guy. So they, they have some talent there on the outside. Uh, they also have a, a, an insane stable of running backs. They got four guys who they would have no problem starting. But it seems like Rodney Smith and Muhammad Eberbeam will be the the two leaders there. So they did lose a couple of guys on the line. but And N- N- Donnell Green's the biggest loss at left tackle. But they still got the 400-pounder. So Yeah, they still got the biggest guy. They still got the yeah. biggest guy. So I think they'll be all right. Daniel Falale. With all the returning production, they'll, they should be better. So... And the defense, I'll kind of let you guys touch more on that. I'm a little bit more worried about them. But uh, I don't know. They have such an easy schedule this year. The, by far the easiest schedule. They From the East, they play Rutgers, host Maryland and Penn State. And they got an easy non-conference. I mean, for, at Fresno's, I mean, we're kind of lower on Fresno than most, but it's still not a gimme. So it's, but it's, I want to say they go over and get to eight wins. 
Yeah, Phil Steele has has their schedule as the second easiest in the conference. So, oh, do you guys know who the easiest is? Illinois. No, they don't. Illinois doesn't get to play Illinois, which really hurts. That's oh, that's exactly. a good point. That's a good point. It is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh, really? Yeah, I was okay. looking at Athlon the other day. I think Athlon had Nebraska thirteenth, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I, I I like the over here with Minnesota as well. It they could. Well, all these teams really in the dark horses, you could argue should have been bumped up to contenders. It was very difficult to to draw the line, but right, you know, literally in our graphics, there's only so much room in that contender slot. So yeah, you got to make choices, got to make graphic Tough design ones. choices. Um, but uh, but no, I mean the defense. So it it got better uh, at the end of the season last year. They also add Antoine Winfield at safety, who was hurt most of last year. So that's a a really nice addition. They get a grad transfer from Notre Dame on the D line. Micah Drew never even played. Yeah, he Micah Du Treadway. He didn't play, so I I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I mean, maybe nothing. He's a guy. W- whatever. Yeah. Um, Carter Coughlin though is back on the D line, one of the better pass rushers in the conference. So you know, it it was very bad last year. I think it should be a lot better. Um. So yeah, I'm going over there. Minnesota was so bizarre last year. Like at times they looked incredible. In particular, they, like their last couple games when they crushed Wisconsin and then Georgia Tech in the bowl game, but then they laid eggs and got dominated by the likes of Illinois and Maryland. It, it's just they're really hard for me to predict. I really like kind of the trajectory they're on. I like their offense this year, but that defense was just they struggled so mightily last year at, outside of those last couple games after they they fired their D coordinator during the season. But uh, it's just like I see them winning six games or nine games, but. The difference for me was the schedule. Uh, you guys touched on how easy it is, so that's why I'm going to take the over for the Gophers. Right? Are we all still still rowing the boat? Are we on board with? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm somehow forgetting his name right now. Uh, PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck. There you go. I I do know college football. <laughs> I'm more on the boat now than I was last year. I think. Okay. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm trying to climb into the boat. Okay. Fair. I've got a paddle. Like I'm rowing. Wow. I'm rowing. I just think he's recruiting better than they have been. Yeah, it's, it's you solid. know they were so young last year. I just think things are trending in the in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So next we've got last year's West Division champs, Northwestern. Their over under is set at six and a half, with the under being minus one twenty. So I mentioned they were the champs last year. I I think it was a minor miracle that they went eight and one. Yeah, how did that happen? Conference last year, <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, they lost to Akron in the non-conference, and then they just won these like and Eastern Michigan flurry of close game. Yeah, so they whatever. It's a miracle they did it. But uh, if if Hunter Johnson lives up to just a bit of his potential, he could be a major upgrade over Thorson from from their quarterback play last year. Um, he's going to be able to rely on receivers like J.J. Jefferson. They're going to need some some of the other guys on the outside to step up. They've got Isaiah Bowser returning at running back. He averaged over 100 yards in his last eight games. Uh, the offensive line, they were fairly inconsistent, and you know it should be about the same, in my opinion, this year. But the yeah, defense, fairly inconsistent is yeah, kind. They're all that's very nice. Just, yeah, yeah, it's been bad, it's been horrible for years. It feels like that's true. That's true. But uh, the defense is going to be their calling card. Last year, they ranked 30th in S&P Plus, and they were really young. Uh, they've got a great pass rusher in Joe Gaziano. The rest of the D-line should be pretty strong, too. Patty Fisher, 
to me, he's the leader of the defense at linebacker. He's he's a stud. Um, they're going to rely a little bit on on youth in the secondary, but I think the front seven is as good as there is in in this division. Hmm. Their schedule, their schedule, it's so front loaded, including at Stanford for their first game. They have a they have a stretch where they play Wisconsin, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Iowa all back to back. But uh, but their November schedule is super easy, so I think they're not going to win the division. But I think they go over their total. Okay, I mean, there's some stuff maybe I, I think I'm a a little bit of disagreement on. Um, even though I do agree that they're going to go over, just because even though I don't think they're going to be that great, they'll somehow magically win some games, and that's just what Pat Fitzgerald does. He's 46 and 25 in one possession games in his career. So yeah, it's crazy. They'll just win because that's just what they do. But, I mean, they weren't good on offense last year. Clayton Thorson was very average. Um, he, he was he below average. Kinda, he was bad. I mean, yeah, I he was bad. He, he just they seemed to make a play when he needed it, I guess. So, I'll give him that. But, and I'm not encouraged by their by their running game. Isaiah Bowser is limited. He's not great. Uh, they just kind of keep feeding him, and he runs up the middle and takes what the offensive line can give them and which wasn't a whole lot but <laughs> they'll stick with it it's what they do they only have two returning starters on the line so that's i mean i don't think they're going to be able to get better uh the defense is I'm, I'm more worried about the front seven than i think trey is they do have three three good players up front the the, the fisher and gallagher at linebacker good and gaziano but other than that i mean i'm i'm a little worried about that. They don't have a lot of proven playmakers there and guys that even really played a whole lot. So, I mean, three three proven playmakers on a front seven, like, that's pretty good. Yes, that is pretty good. But I don't know. I, I, I like the front seven too, but... I'm I'm worried about their D-tackle spot. They lost Jordan Thompson. He was kind of their run-stuffing D-tackle, and that obviously makes a defense look pretty good when you, when you get a guy like that. So, in the secondary, it was a kind of a weak spot last year. They gave up quite a few yards to the air, over 260. And they lose Montre Hardage at corner, who is their best. So I'm I'm worried about their their secondary as well. So I'm, I'm not super high on them, like I said, but I'm still taking them over because they just win <laughs> games somehow. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of iffy on on Northwestern too. I mean, I like the defense better than you do, Ryan. It's it's been pretty consistent over the years. Like they're always pretty good. And and I don't Yeah, they'll be solid. Yeah, they'll be solid. It's just the offense has has been so bad, and but I think that's almost a reason I like them because I just I was never a big Clayton Thorson fan. I just I just he was inefficient. He threw too many interceptions. So I think the change to Hunter Johnson alone. I know he's a big question mark. He could be boom or bust here, but uh, he was a five star, of course, recruit to Clemson. I think he could be a massive upgrade. So I'm going to predict that he is, and for that reason only, I'm going to go over. All right. All right. Next up, we have Purdue. Their win total is set at seven. And Jeff Brom surprised everyone this uh, past offseason, said no to his alma mater, Louisville, which was really awesome for Purdue. I think that's a, a big deal for them. And they were a mess when he took over. They were really bad. But now they're competitive on the field. Recruiting is a lot better. So you got to love the direction of, of Purdue. Now, the offense this year, it's probably not going to be 17th in S&P Plus like it was last year because they lose a lot on that offensive line and David Blau. I, I know they were kind of always in competition, Blau and Sindelar, but I liked Blau a lot better. I think he Blau proved. was always way better. I don't... 
I know, but didn't Sindelar started last season at the beginning of the year? He, I know, and I don't get it. Whenever Blau's been, I've seen him the, during his whole career, I always thought he was really good. I'm not sure I agree. why. He started out slow with a ton of interceptions early in his career, but he, yeah, well, by the end of it. horrible teams when he had no, ver- no support. That's very true. So that's why, I mean, Elijah Sindelar, his, his big, you know, playing time was a couple years ago. Maybe now the offense is is a lot better around him, at least with you know you, just a one man wrecking crew and Rondell Moore. So maybe Sindelar will will be a little better, but I, I think he's kind of like mediocre. I think that's what you should expect. Yeah, from him. Uh, now the defense was terrible last year, but it's bringing back nine starters, including Marcus Bailey, who was second team All Big Ten at linebacker. They also add Ben Holt, the son of uh, defensive yeah. coordinator Nick, Nick Holt. Holt. Good yeah. grad transfer from from Western Kentucky at linebacker. But the most exciting piece they add, George Karlaftis, a top 100 recruit from West Lafayette, defensive end. He enrolled early. He's going to start right away. I'm excited to see how good this guy is. So I'm going over here. I just I don't want to bet against Jeff Brom. I know I knew you'd go over with Brom. Um, yeah, people will. A lot of people love him and I, I do, too. But I'm I'm not really maybe seeing it this year. I just think that offense is going to take too big of a step back. You know, Rondell Moore is really the the only exciting piece coming back. They lose a majority of the line and the receiving core. So I just don't I'm not I'm not seeing the upswing. But I do agree with your sentiments, Michael, on the defense. They also add they have veterans like nose tackle Lorenzo Neal that should be good as long as he kind of returns to to form after his injury. But I think I think the defense is in a, in a good spot. I'm not seeing a great defense, but they should be improved under under Holt. But overall, this team, they were 6-6 six and six last year, and now they lose a lot of talent. I think they go under, and I'm actually going to make it my lock. Ooh, wow. All, All right. right. Um, I agree, Trey. I'm going to take the under here, I think. Really? Okay. I thought you guys would for sure both be over. No, I, I really like David Blau. I think that's a huge loss. I I I've been high on him for so long. So, and then they're going to be relying on some freshmen uh, on offense. I mean, other than Rondell Moore, they get Bryson Hopkins at tight end. He's he's good, but yeah, the, they had two four star freshmen that they're going to have to be playing right away. And I, I mean, it's hard for true freshmen to come in and be. I mean, I'm just kind of eating my own words <laughs> here with Rondell about Moore, here. but I don't think yeah, yeah, that's I think that's definitely an outlier there. Okay, so, <laughs> I don't think then these guys are going to be Rondell Moore. Uh, and I don't think they can run the ball very well. I don't like the offensive line. They were 105th in the nation in rushing, and they lose three guys and their top two running backs. So a lot is going to depend on that passing game, which I don't trust Sindelar and a couple of freshmen out there. So They also def- gave up 56 points in the first half of their bowl game. That was yeah, not that's good. not <laughs> a good sign. They I'm, did. The defense, even though it does return a lot, they were bad last year, and they're their secondary was horrible. They were 128th in the country in, in, in passing defense. So that's just, I mean, that's terrible. I mean, it might get better because they have some, some guys coming back. But man, I am very worried about it. So I'm going to have to go under here as well. That's fair. I mean, another concern with Purdue is is Sindelar's health. Uh, he he right. never can seem to stay healthy. So And that, they, don't, they don't play Ohio State in West Lafayette. They always beat them true oh good point good point that would be nice to have that on the schedule (laughs) uh so we just went through the uh the top six teams here in the west and i just kind of wanted to add that it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in this division in the coming years because i think everyone believes scott frost is going to be successful at nebraska i mean even though we're nebraska fans i think pretty much everyone thinks he will be wisconsin is wisconsin 
Iowa is Iowa. And now under Pat Fitzgerald, it kind of seems like Northwestern is Northwestern, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, PJ Fleck seems to have Minnesota trending in the right direction. Jeff Brom definitely has Purdue headed in the right direction. Something's got to give here. Like, right. They can't all have success. What's, yeah. what's going to happen? Like, who's, is there a who's team, the team that that's you see? Slide? What's that? Who's the team that's going to slide down? And yeah, who's the team that's going to slide down? Or is it just going to be kind of like, like every year's like this year where everyone seems like they're going to go seven and five, eight and four? True. I think there's going to be probably one or two teams that kind of take a step back. It's hard to say right now. We don't really know. I could see it being a number of teams, but I'm not going to say any because I don't. Oh, come on, come on. Name names. Name names. <laughs> not going to do it. All right, fine. I think I, I I will say that I don't think the Badgers will be quite what they have been in the last decade i agree with that i agree with that i I don't have full faith in paul christ i know that they the program has kind of run itself but yeah it's it's gonna be hard to repeat what they've been doing yep i think yeah i think and i just think it's nebraska and purdue have, have the most have the most upside purdue wow I just like what Jeff Brom is doing and the fact that he turned down his alma mater to stay there. They recruited well this year. Like it, I, you know, I'm not high on him this year, but the future is really bright. Agreed. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, kind of a unfortunate transition here to a team that might not have a bright future. Let's get to our long shots, Ryan. Well, our one long shot. Yep, Michael, one long shot, and that'll be the Illinois Fighting Illini. Their win total is being set at four and a half with the under being favored at minus 135. You know, the offense was somewhat decent last year, actually. A.J. Bush, he couldn't throw it all but at quarterback, which is a problem, but he was a good runner, and you pair him up with uh, Reggie Corbin at running back, and they had, they had a good ground game. Um, this year figures to be a little different, though. They got Brandon Peters coming in the transfer from Michigan. He's likely to be the guy unless Isaiah Williams, the true freshman can push him and maybe overtake him, which is possible. But I'll say Brandon Peters for now. The old line returns four starters and they added a transfer from Alabama, Richie Pettitman. So the line should improve. Um, top two receivers are back. So, you know, and I could see their numbers really increasing with the Peters who can actually throw the ball a little bit. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not super high on Peters. Like, I, I no, I'm not either. Yeah. When, now, when he played at Michigan, it was usually when they had a bad offensive line. So maybe it's hard to judge. But he, you'd think. Well, he can definitely throw better. You're right. Then. Uh, yeah, he can throw better than Bush. Yeah. That's what I'll say about him. Hey, uh, and also Mike, they added a couple wide receiver transfers from USC. That's right. They did. Yeah. Trayvon Sidney is one that I think will probably see the field quite a bit um but i don't i mean he's should be should help do you just not want to say the other guy's name is that why you're only bringing him up no i th- i think they actually feel better about sydney but i also don't want to say it okay can you give it a shot do you want to give it a shot i amor bebe <laughs> josh imator bebe uh, you know i, well, said I just bebe. put a lot of pressure i that's how i pronounce it that's how i've heard it yeah. pronounced but <laughs> maybe i'm wrong yeah so the offense i, I don't know i think it'll be about as effective as last year a little better through the air a little less good on the ground so the defense is the issue i mean they were just absolutely atrocious last year they were worse than Rutgers, um 124th in scoring and way worse way worse than Rutgers. yeah no, they were say. way worse than Rutgers. to make that just doesn't sound good um <laughs> and to make matters worse bobby roundtree 
their best defensive player, defensive end. Oh, that was sad. I know, really sad. He had a, bi- a bad spine injury and a swimming accident. So just horrible news there. And um, so that's that's too bad. Um, they do bring back eight other guys, um, and they got another USC transfer, Michael Oluwale Batiku. Is that right? I I just always say Wole Batiku. Okay. So, but Wally? yeah, we'll call him Wally. No, Wole. I'm gonna say Wally just because <laughs> Wally. <laughs> I don't know. He he, he didn't really play Wally. at USC. He only appeared in two games, so that's a bit of a worry. Um, I'm so the defense is still going to be really really bad. I'm I'm not high on the Illini, um, but they have a very easy schedule: Akron, UConn, and Eastern Michigan, and then on conference. Yeah, very very good chance at three and zero there. Then they get Rutgers at home. Good chance of four. So of the remaining eight games, all they got to do is win one. I think they can do it. Call me crazy, but I'm going to go over on the Illini. All right. All right. Yeah. You willing to lock that in, Ryan? You want to lock that in? <laughs> Please, no. Oh, whoops. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sounds like it's locked in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious to see how Lovey Smith's going to be able to work all of the the big schools scraps from the from what he got in the transfer portal and see how he can blend them. I mean, you got guys from Alabama, SC, Washington, Georgia, Michigan. I mean, it's, he got the who's who of college football, but uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they can all uh, blend together there. I'm a little worried about the receiving core compared to where you are, Ryan. I mean, Ricky Smalling returns, but he only caught 33 passes last year, so it's there's not a lot of uh, proof in the pudding from from prior years to see, you know, if this is going to translate to success. Yeah, I didn't really mention if I was confident in them or not. I just said <laughs> they're two late receivers come back. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I just, their defense is just ugly. I just, Lovey, that's his side of the ball, but that's not really going to improve much. I mean, it can only go up, but it's not going to go up enough to, to, to be successful. Last year, they had four wins overall, but in their losses, they just got absolutely murdered. I just don't see enough improvement to get to five wins. Um, if they do, it's going to come down to that final game against Northwestern, but I don't see it happening. I'll take under. Okay. Uh, I'm going to lean with Ryan here and, and go over. I'm not, I'm not quite at a lock like Ryan is, but <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I'm slightly over. Um, no, I can, I can see Illinois being a team. I mean, not as good as Pitt was last year, but kind of like Pitt where they just have those games where they just, run all over everyone you can of course mix in i mean they did that a little bit last year of course well a lot a lot of bit but you know add in juice 2.0 isaiah williams as a freshman even if he's not the starter you got to think he's going to play and and get some snaps so yeah him and reggie corbin in that backfield is is pretty scary reggie corbin 8.5 yards per carry last year so yeah corbin's good um yeah and a good offensive line i i i think they've they've got a chance to go over here so that's my pick um but we have a question from longtime listener, uh, Illinois fan, at Wrench 89 He asks, what are the odds Illinois does not finish last in the Big Ten West? Wow. So what do you guys think? Do you, you think there's a chance? Put a number on it, like actual odds here? Yeah, you put a percentage or, or yeah. something. Ooh, I'll say mm, 15%. Okay, Trey, you going over or under? I'm going under that. I'm just not buying them. Really? <laughs> I would go I would go a little bit over that. I mean, so here's the case for them not finishing last. All the other teams in the, in the division are so close to each other, right? Like there's not a lot of separation there. There's going to be a lot of coin flip games and you just got to think 
maybe one of those teams is going to lose the coin lose flips. a bunch of coin flips. You know, they're just going to lose a bunch of close games. Maybe one of those teams gets hit by the injury bug. Um, I don't know. So I think there's a chance. And then Illinois, there's they were so young that there's reason to think that they can be better. Maybe they can somehow go three and six, get lucky and go three and six in the conference. Yeah, they so. won two last year. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely within reach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Way to finish positive on the Illini. Yeah. Let's get to our Big Ten championship picks. Are you guys you guys ready for that? Super ready, Mike. Okay. Well. But wait, 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 wait. What? <sighs> what? Just got to chill. Got to chill a little bit right now. Oh, did you? Oh, I feel that too. I don't. Oh, I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. It's a doozy. Is it time for the clairvoyant bros to give a sidekick reading of the Big Ten? It is. Okay. Okay, I see, I see PJ Fleck rowing his boat out there on the lake, and I also see the Golden Gophers starting the season five and zero, setting up a big game against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. But I'm a little foggy on who wins that game. Hmm. Mm. I can see Nebraska winning very clearly. Ooh, I like it. I'm looking into my crystal ball, and I don't see anything. It's it's dark. I. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just. Oh, it's Black, Tariq Black. He's gonna have a fully healthy year. He's finally gonna live up to the hype and lead Michigan in receiving yards. Well, I'm seeing, I'm seeing water. I'm seeing oars rowing. I oh, see. Ryan saw that as well. Yeah, but I see I see a fleck in the air. Wow. Oh, it, it's PJ. <laughs> and there's a there's a gopher in the boat there's also tyler johnson leaping all over big 10 defenders and being all big 10 Mm. at wide receiver he does have big hops (laughs) wow it's almost like the boat and the gopher didn't mean anything (laughs) i see the three of us back in our childhood in seattle we were in the backyard playing basketball with each other and i see myself beating trey in a game of horse, the little brother beating the older brother. I think that's a sign. I think that Michigan State is going to go into Ann Arbor and shock the Wolverines. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. incredible. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes clairvoyants see the past as well as the future. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the Louvre and it's, oh no, it's on fire. Wait a second. Wait a second. The Louvre? Art. Art Sitkowski. Oh. Art Sitkowski's going to go on a hot streak. Is it? Is that what I'm seeing? Oh, oh man. Oh, no, I see a dumpster. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, no. Oh, tragic. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's tragic. I'm seeing pants. They're, they're not the best looking. In, in they fact, must be yours. In fact, <laughs> no, no. In fact, I think they're khaki. Oh, and, and the legs keep stomping the ground. It's Jim Harbaugh. He is very upset as they lose once again to Ohio State. Oh, no. That was not a good reading for Michigan. (laughs) Two losses. It it Mm. wasn't. Wow. Trey, you really set the scene with that boat and there was a gopher in there. There was a gopher in the boat. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah, what's a gopher doing in a boat? I can't ignore what they're telling, what the feelings in there. You're right. You just, you just gotta, you just gotta say what you're seeing. That's what we do as, as clairvoyant, you know, people. 
No, bros. As crazy as it sounds, you got to go with it. Uh, okay. Now let's get to the Big Ten Championship picks. Trey, who you got? Nebraska? Nebraska? Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska? 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 I so I am gonna I am gonna pick Nebraska in the West, even though I'm I'm not as high on them as others because I we Michael you mentioned earlier I think Iowa is the best overall team, mm-hmm. but their schedule is just a little too difficult to overcome. So that's why I'm gonna go Nebraska in the West, and then in the East I like my that clairvoyant bro Trey said uh, Ohio State will beat Michigan once again, and I think. Ryan Day, Justin Fields, they're going to beat Nebraska to win the Big Ten. Okay, I have uh, I have Nebraska also out of the West just because of the schedule. Um, but from the East, I am taking the Michigan Wolverines. I think even if they do lose to Michigan State, I think they're going to. I think they'll beat Ohio State in Ann Arbor, um, and they'll they'll hold the tiebreaker and move on to the Big Ten championship, and they will beat Nebraska. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ryan. I'm taking taking Michigan. Just really like them this year. All the reasons I stated earlier, and I'm going to have them beating Nebraska. Same reasons as you guys. It's it's really almost purely schedule because I think it's so close between them, Iowa, and Wisconsin. But just getting those two teams at home is and and an easier crossover schedule. All the difference. Yep. Okay. Let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald went viral for a speech in which he pretty much scolded young people with cell phones on conference media day. What's an opinion you have that middle-aged people on Facebook would absolutely love? Mine is loyalty and entitlement. And you see it in the professional sports nowadays. Like, no, all these players in the professional sports, they just have no no loyalty. They'll go to any team. There's no, there's no rivalries really anymore that... That was uh, that was kind of what made it really fun back in the day. Oh, that is a that is a very old man opinion there, <laughs> Trey. Uh, I think that music at clubs is way too loud. Oh yeah, and I also love cable television. Not cutting the cord. Wow, no, I do like cable as well. So yeah, and to me, it's just I, I share this. I think uh, it's just there's too many crazy drivers out there. Everybody drives like a madman. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. You know, or no one in my city knows how to drive. Yeah. Insert exactly. any city in the world. Yep. Uh, Lovey Smith's beard is also going viral once again. Name a time when you changed your look for the better. Uh, okay. For me, I'd have to say when I stopped wearing baggy clothes. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah, that was a bad one. Didn't look good for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. We all, we all went through that, but. Yeah. Love seeing those pecs every day, Ryan. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, so for me, it was from from age probably like eleven to twenty five. I had the exact same haircut, and I finally changed it. I part my hair to the side now. Probably stick with that one, maybe till I die or lose my hair. Oh yeah, whichever either. happens first. Mine, mine was also the baggy clothes. But now that you bring up the hair, too, Michael, the you know, when I was real young, it was the I would always part my hair, and then that that style kind of went away. But now it's really coming back. It is, yeah. That, that's that's true. And from that, by the way, that period from age eleven to twenty five, I had a bowl cut. I didn't mention that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. That was what oh, it was. Yeah, was. That was sad when you went to college with the bowl cut. Yeah, it was. I, I felt was, bad for you. Did not work out. No. Last question: The Big Ten is famous for having a ton of trophy games. What's the best trophy? 
you've ever earned. And Trey, I'm going to give you a break. I'm just, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on this one. Or you can just say what my best trophy is. I think you already know. It's Sarah. Oh, wow. Good one. Yeah, Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll say it was that. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) I'm not going to say what you want me to say. All right, well then we're we're just at an impasse here. Why don't you go? We're not talking about hole in ones here at all. This is yeah not important. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my mom kept every single trophy that that I ever got, and believe me, it was it was a ton. As the listeners, I'm sure are very aware. A lot of participation trophies. Yeah, but no, I went through and like I went through them all, and God, there wasn't there's not that many that are very good. I was yeah, so I gotta say. <laughs> I gotta say, nothing athletically. Maybe uh, I'll go with my wife. Okay. <laughs> I have at least a little bit of a, a sports accomplishment. <laughs> so I'll say, when uh, in high school basketball, I was uh, in one of our tournaments. We, I, I was uh, voted all tournament team. So, wow. So proud of that. Great work, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Thanks for listening. Next week, we've got the sec oh boy yeah be sure you're subscribed stay tuned for that um i gotta go right now and ask mom why she kept all of trey's trophies and threw away all of mine but (laughs) we'll get an update (laughs) on that next episode and we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.